You're listening to the Ministry 127 podcast, a complimentary resource for today's spiritual leader. The purpose of Ministry 127 is to aid Christians in developing a biblical philosophy of ministry. Ministry 127 is a growing online library aimed at assisting ministry workers with Bible-based resources and is a ministry of Pastor Paul Chapel, the Lancaster Baptist Church, and West Coast Baptist College. For more information, visit ministry127.com and subscribe to the Ministry 127 podcast for more practical lessons for today's Christian worker. This Ministry 127 podcast is on conveying the pastor's heart to the teens with Brother Larry Chapel. Brother Larry Chapel is a graduate of West Coast Baptist College who currently serves in the youth ministries of Lancaster Baptist Church. Conveying the pastor's heart to the teens. Um, is about initiating and cultivating the relationship between the teens in your youth group and your pastor. You are an extension of your pastor, and we've all heard that before. Uh, coming to work for my dad has been an interesting experience. I was talking to Brother uh, Paul Connor; He was in here uh, just a little bit ago, and he has, in recent days, come to work with his dad. And it's, it's funny uh, being uh, the pastor's son sometimes, especially being on his staff, uh, you can provide sometimes honest feedback maybe where another man won't be so honest and I, I remember coming into the leadership meetings we have a weekly leadership meeting Monday mornings usually about 10 o'clock we have a leadership meeting and right off the bat I always heard this phrase you know pastor I just want to get your heart on this I want to get your heart on this Have you guys ever asked that before of your pastor before you do something usually that means before I do something stupid let me get some direction yeah. from you <laughs> so if this doesn't work out I can say I at least got your heart on it and your heart was to do it this way. We did it this way, and it didn't work. And it seemed to me that was the precursor to everything I'm about to do. Pastor, let me just get your heart. Before I do this, let me get your heart one last time. I think it's a good question to ask, and I, and I, I heard that many times going around the whole table. Uh, we, every, every time we have a leadership meeting, my dad will bring things to the table, and then I'll go around the table, and I'd hear just about every guy, Pastor, let me get your heart on this. Let me get your heart on this. And in some ways, it seems to me, somewhat of a vague question, but what, is it, what does it mean to convey the pastor's heart? I believe that means direction, okay? We're all familiar with the theological uh, uh, importance of a pastor in a local church, okay? We're all aware of that, and we know that the pastor receives his direction from the Lord, all right? Uh, but we, uh, as, as members of his staff, as members of the church, uh, as leaders of, of uh, the youth within the church need to inform the youth of that importance, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Number one in your outline, we'll move through this fairly quickly. Before you can effectively communicate your pastor's heart to the teens, you must first understand his heart personally. And this is, this is basic, okay? But you can't communicate to your teens what you don't already have a good pulse on, okay? This requires communication. And I don't, every pastor is different. Every situation is different. <coughs> Brother Fountain, you're late. Uh, how's it going? Uh, every, every situation is different. Every pastor <clears throat> is different. But one of the keys is communication. Communicating and getting uh, from your pastor the direction, the direction uh, that he would have you to take. So before you can effectively communicate your pastor's heart, you must first understand his heart. What is the pastor's heart? Okay, uh, I wrote down a couple things. First of all, just biblical direction. That is what... That is what we're referring to primarily when we talk about what is the pastor's heart. Getting a biblical direction. We'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. Getting a biblical direction and then implementing it uh, into our ministries. Next, ministry philosophy. Okay, 
There's so many things that ministries will try things differently. They're not good or bad or uh, some things work for one ministry, won't work for another. But get your pastor's ministry philosophy. This is your pastor's heart, his biblical direction, his ministry philosophy, and then his passion for people, okay? Big picture here, and we'll talk about this uh, throughout, throughout the time together today. But your pastor loves the teens. He is passionate about teens, but may not have as much time. That is why you are there. You are there as an extension of your pastor to convey to your pastor his heart, to convey to the teenagers his direction. And it's so important that we, we don't lose sight of this because if we're not careful, we can become a one-man show, okay? And we like ego, and we like the attention, and we like uh, building an audience, building a uh, uh, connection to ourself. But that's not what we're here to do. We're here to uplift the pastor and his biblical vision, drawing teens closer to Christ through a stronger relationship with their pastor. All right, so uh, biblical direction, ministry philosophy, passion for people, and I believe even to some degree just personal preferences, okay? You say, well, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a biblical conviction. Well, it's your pastor's preference. If it's, if it's not your, adopt it as your preference or, or go find somewhere else to work because it's not a good fit. Uh, if you're not going to uh, uh, heed to, adhere to your, your pastor's preference, there's going to be problems down the road, okay? If you have a preference that it's okay to counsel with teen girls just one-on-one in your office and your pastor has made that very clear, okay, there's going to be problems there, okay? So when we talk about what is the pastor's heart, yes, it's biblical direction, but even it's preferences, okay? Don't be a discouragement. Don't be, uh, don't be in the thorn of the flesh to your pastor. And I've seen it time and time again, uh, even from guys in our staff, and I'm so thankful for the staff that uh, our, the Lord has put together here, but there have been times where someone did something that was just not the pastor's heart, and what it boiled down to is their own personal preference, something that they wanted to do. So when you get your pastor's heart, understand biblical direction, ministry philosophy, passion, passion uh, for people, personal uh, preferences. Learn how to implement the pastor vision without him micromanaging you, okay? And these are some basic things I've learned. Learn to be a cheerleader. Be able to articulate the pastor's vision to your youth group, okay? Uh, Take the pastor's vision and learn to articulate it to the youth group. Now, what that shouldn't come down to is your pastor shouldn't have to come up with a program for you to do that. That's what our job is, okay? Taking the pastor's heart and learning it, learning how to implement it, okay? Example, we have each year... uh, a stewardship program. We kick it off each year around January time frame. For a few months, we have a very big stewardship emphasis at the beginning of the year. And then that leads up to just about every year we've done this, uh, a big offering. And we've, we've, we've taught the teens how important it is to give, not necessarily because the church needs your money, because the church doesn't, okay? But where you put your money, that's a reflection of where your heart is. And we've taught them this, okay? Well, we, <coughs> this is the pastor's vision and the pastor's heart would be that everyone would be involved in that, Okay? But it's not the pastor's job to come up with a creative way to introduce that idea to the teens and follow through. Because how he introduces it to the church on a Sunday morning is going to be different than how you introduce it to your teens. And so we came up with years ago, Brother Schmidt came up with a Strive program. And this was a program that was custom tailor fit to the teens with our youth group, but still conveyed the pastor's heart All right, and taught them. And this is our job as, uh, as youth ministers not to run our own programs, but to convey the pastor's heart. And I think there's such, there, there, when there's cooperation between the adult ministry and the student ministries, there's such strength in that. I think from time to time, even in our 
uh, even our curriculum. Sometimes we'll, we'll take the curriculum that the adults are going through and we'll have the teens go through it as well. Maybe rework it, rewrite it for the teens. But there's such strength in that, having cooperation between uh, the youth ministry and uh, then the adult ministry. Uh, a couple points under here. Understanding your pastor's heart is an ongoing process. And this is one thing that I've learned. You'll never fully understand your pastor's heart. Uh, you, your endeavors should be to understand it. But with, as times are changing, as your church is changing, as dynamics within your staff and your church are changing, always seek to understand your pastor's heart. Don't ever assume that you've got it. I, I've even seen in the past week guys in our staff who assumed something, guys who've been here for 10 plus years who assumed something and it wasn't, it ended up not being, it wasn't a big deal, but it wasn't how my dad would have done it. And sometimes when you get a behind the scenes look at stuff like that, you can see that when people make assumptions, oftentimes they're wrong. And that's where it comes back to communication. Uh, So understanding the pastor's heart is an ongoing process. Understanding your pastor's heart requires communication. We talked about that. (coughs) Uh, Letter C. Understanding your pastor's heart requires humility. Understanding your pastor's heart requires humility. This is where it comes down to, it's nothing about me, it's nothing about ego. This is, how would, this is a question that was uh, posed to us as a staff this last year by Brother Chris, he he taught one of our staff meetings. How would your pastor do your job? That's a good thing to think about. I, I thought about how, how would my dad do my job? He might do it with a little bit more passion than I would, okay? If you're doing your job, is, is the youth ministry suffering at all because you are the youth pastor, not your pastor? Does that make any sense? How are you doing your job uh, and compared to how your pastor would do it? Sometimes that's a good question because you're brought to alleviate the burden. You're, you're brought in to help communicate the heart. And how, how, is, how is the youth ministry uh, functioning in light of that? Are you... Are you becoming more of a burden, or are you becoming a, a blessing to the youth pastor? So, it requires humility. Number two, failure to properly communicate your pastor's heart will neg- negatively affect the health of your youth group. Failure to properly communicate your pastor's heart will negatively affect the health of the youth group. Okay, now these, these are pretty basic. Number one, before you can communicate the pastor's heart, you have to understand it. Okay, number two, if you fail to do so, your youth group is going to be negatively effective, okay? Maybe, I don't know, maybe you haven't seen uh, the best quality of youth ministry take place in recent months, and it may be because you're not in tune and harmony with your pastor's vision, and maybe it needs to come back to some more communication with him, but when the pastor's heart is not communicated, the health of the youth group is affected. Uh, A couple basic things under this, letter A. (coughs) Aside from their parents, the most important relationship that our teens can establish is with the pastor. This is something that we have to help them understand. The most important relationships our teen can establish is with the pastor. I talked to one guy this morning, and it's funny sometimes how the parents will depend on the youth pastors to fix everything within the home. Have every guys ever had that? A, a teen uh, is not doing well spiritually, and the parents blame you for that, you know? <laughs> That sometimes can be frustrating. The most important uh, aspect of that teen's life is their home aspect and their, their, their relationship with their family. And we need to strengthen that as much as we can, okay? I know that is our pastor's vision, to strengthen the home. That is, that is primary. If things aren't going well at home, 
it, it, in some ways doesn't matter what's happening in the youth group, okay? I, I talked to uh, one guy this morning, and he's just dealing with some uh, teenage girls that are just very rebellious, very apathetic, but the mom's the same way. And it's like, what can I do? And you can only do so much, you know? If things aren't right at the home, you can do your best. You can pray for them, but at some point, you know, you've done your best. Um, but, so you got the, the parents are, are definitely the most important uh, relationship that those teens will have. But above, above the relationship with God, which is primary, okay, this is, let's establish this right off the bat. We need to push them in the relationship with God, challenge them to have their devotion, set up accountability, okay? Push them in their relationship with their parents, help them initiate a uh, relationship with their parents, but then help them understand the importance of the relationship with their pastor. I, I do this in my Sunday school class. We'll do this in team Bible study and help them to initiate relationship with their pastor. It is our responsibility, letter B, as youth pastor to ensure that our teens are catching the heartbeat of our pastor. I, I would hope that you get frequent times to maybe sit around the table, a conference room table, and get direction from your pastor. It is your job to implement that direction and make it uh, uh, make sure that the, the teens are catching the heartbeat of our pastor. Sometimes my dad will say specifically around a table, hey, I really want the teens to learn this. Other times he won't, but every time he still wants the teens to learn that. All right, And that's something that we've got to understand. Next, let's see. We must make our teens aware that our pastors, uh, of our pastor's desire to help them develop spiritually. Make our teens aware of our pastor's desire to help them develop spiritually. And this is where it comes down to, like we talked about a minute ago, are we going to be ego-driven? Are we going to try to build up ourselves? Are we going to try to build up our pastor? Okay, In a ministry this size, we have on a weekly basis in our student ministries uh, 700. Okay, That includes college and career. So there's a lot of people here. Um, my dad can't make rounds to every single one of those Okay, uh, people. It, it, it would be impossible for him to do, maybe on a Sunday or on a Wednesday. But what we do and we try to do frequently in team Bible study and Sunday schools is push our teens in and, and try to prompt them in that relationship, okay? Prompt them to go and talk to their pastor. Prompt them to seek counsel. Uh, sometimes after graduation, there's a disconnect, okay? They're out of the youth group. Maybe they've great, built a great bond with you, but now they're, they're not with you as much as they are, okay? They need to have that strong relationship with the pastors. And sometimes I feel like that's where we're missing the, we're missing the ball, we're dropping the ball on that. Uh, that the relationship with the pastor isn't as strong. Now they're making major life decisions without ever even asking their pastor. That is hurtful to the pastor, A. Uh, it discourages the pastor. And in some ways, it's a reflection of us. Now there's a team, there's going to be some teens that they can completely ignore your direction and your guidance. But a team should know that before I ask someone to marry me or before I make this major life decision, I need to consult with my pastor. And when he doesn't, the pastor knows that there's a disconnect there. And somehow, maybe his love and direction wasn't communicated to them and, and the relationship wasn't as strong as it, as it could have been. Uh, letter D, we must guard our hearts from ego-centered motives in ministry. And we talked about that, just building teens to ourselves. Uh, if you have a dynamic personality, sometimes I feel like I don't have the most dynamic personality in youth ministry, and I think that comes in very handy. If you've got a dynamic personality, man, good for you. But, but use that, not just to draw teens to you. And it's important that we have, the teens shouldn't see us and hate us, okay? We should have good, good person, a good uh, relationship with the teens as well. But use 
use that tool that God has given you to draw the teens closer to the pastor. Teens who uh, make no effort, letter D, letter E, teens who make no effort to get to know their pastors during high school rarely do so after graduation. Okay, if a relationship, and this is why it's so important, if a relationship hasn't been established early on uh, in, in, the youth, in the youth ministry with the teens, if a one-on-one relationship has not been established, it's probably not going to happen after high school. It rarely does. And that's when teens, they, they, now they're, they're on their own, they're not coming to church, they're not as faithful as they should be. So teens who make no effort to get to know their pastor during high school rarely do so after graduation. What should we communicate to the teens on behalf of our pastors? I think, first of all, his love for them and their families. Okay, Some of this is basic, but it comes down to you saying, Pastor loves you. Pastor was thinking about you. Pastor was praying for you. Uh, many of our pastors, they'll go through uh, times where they'll, they'll open up maybe the church membership and they'll pray through the entire membership. And many times, many times, even in a leadership meeting, my dad will say, hey, what about that teen? Is he not doing well? And I make a big deal of that. And I go to that teenager, hey, pastor was thinking about you and pastor was praying about you and, and he mentioned your name specifically. So let your, let your teens know that he loves them and their families. This last year, uh, there have been some struggles in some of the families in our church and even in some of uh, the families within our youth group. And uh, it is so vital that we communicate the pastor's love to them especially during times of hurt and times of difficulty and times of sorrow. Sometimes we get busy, we're planning stuff, uh, we have to take time to go maybe comfort another family. I, I made a visit a couple weeks ago to a teenager. I didn't realize it when I got the visit. Uh, they live like 30 miles away, but their mom's dying of cancer. And it was not even my idea to go visit. I wish it had been. It was my dad's idea. And that was a big deal uh, to communicate his love for them. And sometimes your pastor can't go. And sometimes uh, when he can't go, we ought to be there and we ought to be communicating his love uh, uh, to, to uh, the youth group. His love for the family, his desire for them to grow spiritually. This is not just the pastor's desire. This is God's desire that the teens grow spiritually. And we need to communicate to them. And when someone isn't growing spiritually, maybe as they should, or maybe they've done well for a period of time, and maybe they're not doing so well now, uh, we need to communicate that to them. His desire for them to become involved in service. And this is something that I have seen from my, from my dad in a big way, the desire for our youth ministry to be involved, okay? We have uh, Dante's helping out this, this week. He's helping out. Greet. He was greeting yesterday. He might have greeted some of, you, some of you in here. And we've had some teens helping out with shoe shine in different areas. We have teens that are involved in, in the bus ministry. And this is part of, of, of our pastor's direction and desire for our teens is to see them get involved, okay? Because this is the time frame in which they do get involved and, and where it's a good time for them to do so. Uh, uh, his desire for them to become involved in service. Now, here's the thing. Our pastors, as we said, may not have time to go find Dante and say, Dante, I was thinking about you, even though my dad was. But you know what? I can give Dante a call. And Brother Schmidt can talk to Dante and say, hey, I want you to help out with this. And uh, so communicate uh, the pastor's desire for them to become involved in service. Next, his desire for them to remain inspired from the world in dress, music, and philosophy. There were a couple of things specifically I asked my dad. I said, what, were, what are some things that, that you wish to be communicated 
to the youth ministry. And this is one of the things that he said specifically, his desire for them to remain unspotted from the world in purity and make sure that they know that that's God's desire for their life and that's pastor's desire for them to stand one day at an altar and, and pastor will marry you one day as, as, a, as, a, as a, a pure, uh, pure young, young person and uh, convey that, uh, that truth to them. Uh, number three. Uh, number one, before we can effectively communicate the pastor's heart to the teens, you must first understand his heart personally. Two, failure to properly communicate your pastor's heart will negatively affect the teens. Number three, commit to a youth philosophy that strengthens the relationship between your pastor and the youth group. Okay, this may be in some ways a whole shift of thinking, okay? Rather than thinking at every given time, you know, what's going to be the biggest activity, what we're going to do next, uh, 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 and 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 though all those things are good, but think what does the pastor want in everything that we do? Okay, and we don't necessarily have to go to him and ask him every single time. That's where pray that the Lord will give you discernment because we don't want to be a pest to our pastor and to bother him with the minutia of maybe a youth activity. Uh, but commit to a youth philosophy that strengthens the relationship between the pastor and your youth group. Letter A. This will not happen unless you make it a priority. This will not happen unless you make it a priority. The priority of everything that you, has, that you do must come back to what does uh, my pastor want uh, uh, for our youth group. Make that a priority. Next, frequently evaluate the quality of communication between you, your pastor, and your youth group. Okay, This is something that we can just stop and think about. One of my biggest struggles in youth ministry, in ministry period, is communication. I'm not, I'm not a very good communicator. Anyone like that? You're not a good communicator. Some of you guys are shaking your head. You're like, yeah, I called you, Brother Chaplin. You never call me back. <laughs> uh, sorry, Brother Fountain, for about that. Uh, but, but sometimes my, my weakness is communicating, but that'll, that'll, that can sometimes just kill ministry um, when there's not proper communication. So evaluate how, is, how are the lines of communication doing between you, your pa- what is your pastor's direction? Are you catching it? And how is that getting to the youth group? And that's what times like this are for, to evaluate uh, the quality of communication. Here's some practical suggestions. And these are basic, and I feel in some way we, we all know these, but we can pray for our pastor. I believe the Lord will give us an, a greater understanding for his burden, for his direction, as we pray for him. Pray for our pastor. Next, on your pastor on special days. Uh, this is something that we do in our youth ministry. We make a big deal of Christmas uh, anniversaries, and birthdays, okay? This is something simple and easy to do, but you have to plan ahead. Uh, every time uh, my dad has a birthday, we've done this for years and years, two or three weeks before, we'll have an offering uh, in youth hour or maybe in teen Bible study and say, hey, we're, we're, pl- we're collecting for pastor. We make a big deal about it. We want to get him a suit. We want to send him and Mrs. Chapel away for a couple days, make a big deal about it, get everyone involved, remind that, keep the, that at the front of their minds, and then We'll always choose a service closest to his anniversary or birthday or event and uh, get a group of teenagers, if not all of them, and have them come and present pastor with a birthday card. You know what? The teens probably would not have remembered, but that, and, and, and the pastor knows. The pastor probably knows. Hey, you know, my youth worker probably went and got these teens, but you know what? It still means something great to him because it will mean something to the teens. It's teaching the teens something. It's teaching them to honor their pastor. So that's just something little that we do. Take time to write him letters as a youth group. This is something, another simple thing that we do. Take time to write your pastor letters as a youth group. I think of uh, Brother Schellenberg's class, and he does this quite often. 
Dante, you've been in the class, you've probably done this before. Well, they'll take a class and they'll go and uh, they'll pass out a piece of paper and they'll write a note. Okay, this is something we do in elementary school sometimes. But, you know, we can do it in our youth ministries as well. And it means a big deal uh, to, to the pastor. So take time to write him letters as a youth group. Next, use your pastor's testimony as a godly role model. This is not about man worship. Again, understand the relationship with God is a priority. But when you have a pastor who has been faithful to the Lord, we ought to make a big deal of that. We make a big deal about a sports athlete that, uh, you know, wins MVP or someone that uh, wins a Masters golf tournament. We'll make a big deal about that. But make a big deal about faithfulness to God. Make a big deal about your pastor's faithfulness to God. Let your teams know the sacrifices that he makes. Help them to understand that by telling them that. Uh, So make a big deal of that. Next, create opportunities for your pastors to speak to the youth group and promote it well. Give as often as your pastor would like. Give him opportunity to come and speak to your youth group. And this is something I know my dad looks forward to coming into high school chapel. And he loves doing that. He loves coming into chapel. He loves bringing messages uh, to our teens. But that's something that we have to help create. We have to help make happen. You know, make a big deal about it. Make sure and do banners for him. Thanking him, make cards, maybe fill the, the pulpit with snicker bars. And it sounds silly, but make a big deal about your pastor. Make a big deal about him coming. Give him opportunities to come and speak to the youth group. Help the teens to understand their role in, in church. And this is kind of basic back to the beginning, but help them understand the relationship with the pastor, their role as a church member, as a part of the church, as the body of the Christ, and help them to understand their importance. I think sometimes our teens get set in autopilot. We do too as well. We get an autopilot, and our teens, if they're not told, it's just, I'm here at church because my parents brought me, and I'm in the Sunday school class. I'm in the 11th grade class because I'm in 11th grade. And help them to understand that they're part of the body of Christ, and they, they, they have a pastor that loves them. Help them to understand their role in the church. Make a big deal of church attendance and your pastor's preaching. This is something we constantly, constantly fight, and that is teens who will come to Sunday school and then slip out one way or another to avoid the service. Anyone else have that problem? Yeah. In a ministry our size, it's difficult because the teens have got it down to a science, especially because we have two services, okay? So you'll see a teen at 8.30. Are you going to go to church? Why aren't you in church? And I'm going to the 11 o'clock service, okay? And then you see them at 11 o'clock, and then they forget that you asked them, what are you doing? I went to the 8.30 service. And you're like, no, I don't think you did. It is, it is such a priority that they are under the preaching of, of God's Word, okay? Our, our team Bible studies and our Sunday school, class, Sunday school classes, those are great, but they need to be under the preaching. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, they need to be under the preaching. They need to hear your pastor. Make a big deal. Make a priority of that. Encourage your teens, and these are a couple other random thoughts. Uh, encourage your teens to sit with their parents in the first few pews, okay? This is another thing that we battle, Okay. We do our best to try to not let the teens in our youth group have their little section in the back row. It's not good for them. It's not good for their friends. And many times it's a distraction to others around them. This is something that my dad is passionate about. And there have been times, I being one of them, where teens have been called out for not paying attention, you know, maybe as, as best they should have. And this is such a distraction to the pastor, okay? Not only a distraction to the pastor, it's a disservice to the health, spiritual health of the teen when they're not hearing. So encourage them. You, you, you maybe cannot enforce it, okay? 
Uh, maybe their parents don't come, but encourage them to sit with their parents. Two or three times a year, if, if you've uh, maybe attended service here, here, you'll hear my dad say, we're going to shake hands right now. I'm going to ask all the teenagers to go find their parents right now. You know, that is a subtle hint <laughs> to get with your parents right now before your name is called. You know, and uh, fortunately that hasn't happened in a while. But uh, uh, encourage your teens to sit with their parents or in the first uh, few pews. Next, keep the pastor informed of situations within the youth group. Okay, use discernment. Don't overburden your pastor with little details. But there are times when something's going on in your group, youth group that your pastor needs to know about. Don't let a surprise slip up on your pastor. Okay, and th- This has happened before. I've even failed to communicate. Or maybe a teenager will come and tell me about something that happened at his home. Okay, And then a few weeks later, you know, something blows up. Now a mom and dad are talking about divorce. You know? And I could have maybe communicated some information a little bit earlier. Don't let surprises like that sneak up on your pastor. Let him know. Let him know the health of the youth group. And this is something that is frequently communicated to our pastor. Uh, keep him informed about situations within the youth group. Next, frequently update your pastor with the direction of the youth ministry. Just to let him know, here's what we're doing. We're having youth activities. Here's our youth workers. We never ask someone to be a youth worker without first seeking the counsel of uh, our, our, our pastor. There are times your pastor will know far more about a situation than you will. And this has happened to me before. I, uh, maybe I thought, oh man, so and so, they got such a great personality. Let's get them to be a youth worker. And it's a very dangerous thing to do to talk to them without talking to your pastor first because you may have to backtrack. And now you've got to explain. And it's a sticky situation. So seek the pastor's counsel before adding youth workers. And hey, we're going to do something new, something different, pastor. Do you like that? And give him veto power over everything. At any given moment, we have teen Bible study. And I know we love our teen Bible study. The teens really look forward to it on Wednesday. We have a good time. We split up the junior high and the senior high. I know Brother Schmidt loves that time. That is probably one of his favorite times of the week. But at any given moment, my dad has the right to veto teen Bible study. And he does it quite often. Hey, we're going to cancel teen Bible study. Tonight's message is going to be helpful. I think the teens should be in there. You know what? I've never seen Brother Schmidt respond negatively, you know, to that. Oh, he canceled our Bible study. Uh, Give your pastor video power when it comes to decisions like that. And then uh, next and finally, uh, expect God's blessing as you follow and honor your pastor. God will bless your youth ministry when you honor your pastor. More than building up your own ego and building up a ministry that revolves around you, let's build a ministry that revolves around God and has a healthy relationship with our pastor. Thank you for listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. Today's lesson was on conveying the pastor's heart to the teens with Brother Larry Chapel. This podcast was designed to equip spiritual leaders to grow in the Word and develop a biblical philosophy of ministry for today's local church. Be sure to let a friend know about ministry127.com. Also, for Christ-honoring publications, please visit strivingtogether.com for resources that encourage spiritual growth and the local church ministry. Thank you for listening to this Ministry 127 podcast.